1: Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast, presented by Magic Mind and Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar.
2: And I'm Tom Knezik, and today we're buzzing into episode 137, and uh, we have a good list of follow-up to to get here, ran before we get into the Native Plant content that everyone came here for. You look naked without your I laptop. know. It's, uh, <laughs> I forgot my computer at home, which is not very far. It's a, a five-minute walk and a uh, two-minute drive, but... I said, I'm going to go, I'm, gonna go old school. I'm going to go old school. Yeah. You look well, like a
1: sport, like a <laughs> newscaster.
2: I, mean, what, I can't remember. Was it uh, the, the newscaster I can't remember his name, but he's like, F it. We'll do it live. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. We're just going to go with it.
1: But awesome. I have my notes. Yeah. It's- so uh, first thing on our follow-up is we're very happy to announce that a native plant every day with Tom and Fran uh, season two will start March 6th. So uh, we have a production assistant helping us this year and we're. It's it's a very similar format. We're just changing it a little bit, uh, but we do have someone yeah. putting the plant information together, which hopefully means mm-hmm. less errors because yeah. I'm not involved.
2: She is much more thorough yes. in research than you. I do think she's going to consider a slight that you call her a production assistant. I would have called her our producer for, for that show.
1: Uh, um, okay. You know what? Uh, uh, she's doing all
2: the work, and <laughs> we are literally just the, the voices of, of
1: the show. I, I, all right. You know, I will call her... Our producer for that, so yeah. she'll get a, produce, she'll get a production credit. credit. Yeah. She'll get a show credit, but uh, I know she has about three weeks worth written already. And uh, because she's writing it, and Tom and I don't know what they are, we'll both be able to guess mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show. And I think we're going to do a little bit of like a Wheel of Fortune, where there's some givens yep. uh, every week. So we'll we'll mix it up a little bit. There's, I think we're continuing on, continuing on with the lightning round. Yeah, so, that was a
2: good addition.
1: I agree. So hopefully this is a little more streamlined uh, this season. So yeah, I'm but, looking forward to it. We're going to start recording here in the next within the next month. So we just got a new review saying please please more episodes. So there you go. All right. All right. So uh,
2: and second piece of follow up, which we brought up on last week's episode, is we have a couple job openings. So you can go to our Facebook page. There's a job section on there, and you can find them there. You can also find them on our website. I don't know why I didn't reference that before. But if you go to PinelandsNursery.com, not nativeplantshealthyplant.com, but com, there's a little like menu icon in the top left corner. You click that, there's a scroll down a little bit, it says career opportunities. It'll have it listed there. And uh, and there's actually another one that, um, a new position that we're coming up with that I have to add to that as well. So
1: you want to put the, uh, you want to put it in the uh, links in the show notes?
2: Yes, we will put it in uh, the links in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, we're looking for a, a seed salesperson. Um, the assistant propagator position is still on there, although we've we've narrowed that down to a really uh, tight pool already. And then um, we're always looking for delivery drivers. If you're, this is a really good opportunity. If you're in the area, uh, you're near Columbus, New Jersey, and um, and we've had a lot of luck with retired folks yep. who uh, who are just they aren't ready to be completely done working. They like waking up early in the morning. They don't mind getting a little dirty and uh, and know how to drive a truck. That's the, the the key criteria there. And uh, and then we're also looking for a, a crop production specialist as well.
1: Our drivers actually love love doing it. They say, yeah. "Hey, I get to go somewhere different every day. I get to meet interesting people and see great work being done." Mm-hmm. And uh, they all love it.
2: Yeah, and every once in a while you get to deliver to a celebrity's
1: house. Um, we've delivered to uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I I never I didn't yeah. hear that one. I always remember yeah. I feel like Well, I've we heard, sent plants there. actually. Yeah. That was He's not uh, the one signing for it when you when you no, show up. No, um, I'm You're, trying to think where else we've gone. I remember hearing Steven Spielberg. I remember I hearing Billy Joel. Uh, I
2: do, this is just I'm hearing this we, third or fourth we, hand. Billy so. Joel, we,
1: I know we've we've sent to Billy Joel. We've sent to Richard Gere. Mm-hmm. One of the Versacis, Um I'm trying to remember who else. And, and I know join the Rock Johnson. I, those are the four I remember. Yeah. I didn't. I don't remember Steven Spielberg.
2: Yeah, I, I someone yeah. just one of our drivers said, "Oh yeah, I was at Steven Spielberg's house." So um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty so, awesome. And the and the other caveat with that is, uh, you got to be able to drive a truck in New York City. That's uh that's probably the trickiest part of it all. So yeah, most of our vehicles are now automatic, though. So that makes it yeah, a little we're
1: down easier. to one truck that's not a truck on-
2: that's not, and it's uh, it was kind of like the the bull that couldn't be rode. So <laughs> we had one <laughs> driver was like, "I love this thing," yeah, but everyone else hated it it's but, um, a 16 gear split shift yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah if you're interested in, in applying for a job here easiest way to do it just go to our website com. uh the, in the menu there's a spot that's career opportunities and all those openings are going to be listed right there
1: and i'll put the the link in the show notes actually we've just redone our website mm-hmm. so uh Instead of having to go to our website for the show notes, they're all in each episode wherever you're listening to, so you can find the the links much quicker. And the website's kind of redone, and and all the same great information. So yeah, it's just a little easier to get to. The,
2: the next one on my list here is actually um, I almost used this as my my article this week, but I was like, I shouldn't do this because I was involved with it, and it just just kind of sound a little self promotional. Um, but that's the New Jersey Invasive Species Bill uh, yes. that is just I, – I, it's progressing through the state senate. And um, and I got asked to testify for that bill uh, for the New Jersey Nursery and Landscape Association. And, um, and as our group, like there's some – obviously some nurseries and landscapes yeah. that would be upset that you're taking away products and plants that you'd like to use um, – And no longer could. But as a group, we kind of said, this is the right decision to make going forward. We should support this. Um, We don't want to knowingly be out there doing things that are are bad bad. for the environment. Um, But at the same time, the industry as a whole is like, well, but we want to make sure we have a voice in how this is done. We don't want things just added uh, arbitrarily because someone thinks that it might be or, or it got posted on an app saying that they saw it in a weird place. Um, they want to have a voice and make sure things are done through a scientific process. So it was important for the New Jersey Nursery and Landscape Association to have a voice in this and say, hey, we want to be a part of this. We don't want to be harming the environment, So, um, but we want to be involved in the process to make sure it works for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got the test start for that, and basically I said, good job, everyone. We we appreciate that you sponsored this, and, uh, and we want to have a voice. And, um, yeah, that was it. But I got to follow – uh, three hundred other individuals, and it was uh, uh, Doctor Emil Devito, Doctor Mike Van Clef, and I don't remember the the third woman's name. She brought a bunch of props, and it was oh. they gave really awesome testimony saying this is the process we went through. They were on the um, uh, New Jersey Forest Task Force, and okay. uh, and she brought a bunch of props. I wish I remember the name, but she's like pulling out. Uh, oriental bittersweet and saying this is what the vine looks like when it's new and here's what it looks like after (laughs) (laughs) oh that's awesome it's like the size of your arm around and um and all different kinds of root systems and stuff to really just highlight this is why some of the stuff can be as as bad as well they had really powerful testimony that um that kind of moved a lot of people in the room and say okay this is why we're even talking about this so uh
1: but yeah progress we had an opportunity to be
2: one of the first states to do this now we're a little bit
1: behind and I mean, because we were just uh, talking. But we're getting there. We saw Pennsylvania just yeah. add Burning Bush to their list, along with Bradford Pear. We had talked about Delaware doing it about a year ago. Was yeah, it or was not yeah, Delaware this year? did it. New York did it uh, yeah. probably a
2: decade ago now. Yeah, um, if, or maybe a short, a little bit less than that. But it's been I mean, nearly ten it's, years.
1: It's been floating around in Jersey for at least two decades. Yeah, I'd say. I think
2: two thousand four is when it was wow. first put in by uh, by Governor McGreevy Was wow. when it started it, and then um, then Chris Christie ended up. Getting rid of it, um, wow. just because it was taking a long time. That was like yeah. all the way in. I want to say it was like even almost 2010 by I'm, the time that they got to a point where it was starting to work through and and have a list that was going to be formalized. But the good thing for New Jersey is you have Pennsylvania's done it, New York's done it, Delaware has done some stuff. So we don't have to make up our own stuff anymore. We yeah. can just kind of say, "Oh, well, it works there." Yeah. What, where were the problems? Hey, New York, what were the problems you had? We're in the middle of hey, all of those. What states. worked well? <laughs> And um, and we can just kind of copy off of what they did and and cut to the chase a little bit. so that's perfect. but so stay tuned on that. There's also a bunch of native plant legislation that's that's been proposed or even accepted over the last handful of years. So uh, it's important, even if you're not in New Jersey, to stay tuned to what's going on um, in local and state and even federal politics in the native plant and habitat realm because there's a lot of stuff going on and you can make your
1: voice heard uh, in certain ways. Completely, completely. And I see you have one more thing. The on last there.
2: one I have on here, and I'm this actually rolls into uh, my That's Hot choice for this week. So oh. why don't we get into That's Hot and then I'll talk about deer food a little bit. All right. That's hot. All right, I'm going to let you go yeah, first. Yeah, so, so my – Pick for a plant that that's hot, or that's hot this week is uh, shagbark hickory, Ooh. which is carry ovata, and nice you may choice. be wondering, okay, Tom, this is another real weird choice for this time of year.
1: No, I don't um, think
2: so.
0: You
1: don't think so? Well, no. why don't you think so, Frank? I think that's- the bark alone it stands out more, especially at this time of the year where there's no foliage, and you're walking through the forest, and and you really get to focus on that bark. Mm. I could see that being the reason. All, all the, and and the the nuts, the harvest. Yeah, I but- didn't even think about. Uh, Really,
2: either of those things. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, it was, um, we had a, a question in the Facebook group, uh, in the Native Plains Healthy Planet Facebook group, which I'm pulling up now so I can actually see who wrote the question too. But um, they were basically asking, in one of our previous Buzz episodes, I was saying how deer don't prefer Japanese honeysuckle, but they'll eat it when they kind of run out of choices. And uh, he's like, well, I see deer eating Japanese honeysuckle and something I key in on. And it just so happened that, uh, another podcast I listened to that's kind of like native plant adjacent called yep. land and legacy. I've referenced it here yes. before they put up an uh, episode and it was like, what the deer eat during the winter. So I listened to it and, um, and it was basically talking about some of the native plants that they like to eat. And it tends to be a lot of woody browse. Okay. Um, so this time of year, you don't think about it. You think about this in, like, March when the plants are, like, about to leaf out. Yeah. You used have these big buds. Yeah. But a lot of these plants already are budding out and have, like, shagbark hickory in one. I walked by one yesterday, and the buds were, like, it's almost the size of, like, up, o- yeah. o- like, bigger than nickel. And I'm like, man, these things are huge. Well, white-tailed deer really love to eat these kind of things. And uh, one of the issues that we find in our area is there's... They're not down at their level. Um, Typically, like, you're starting these winter storms and trees are going to fall down. Or or if you're in a healthy ecosystem, things haven't been overbrowsed. So you have sassafras buds and shagbark hickory buds that are lower down to the ground that the deer can go and eat because they're tender and they have a lot of nutrients in them. So that's what the deer are really after. But they don't have those because they tend to be overbrowsed. And then they'll turn to other things. And probably when you get to that point where everything's overbrowsed, that's when Japanese honeysuckles is, like, number one. Yes. Um, and that's what they said on the Land and Legacy podcast, And that's too. where They're it's like, going to pop in, if you too. Don't ha- if you don't have any of the other stuff and you find Japanese honeysuckle, that's where you want to go hunt because that's where the deer are going to be. <laughs> and I'm like, so, yeah, I guess it is kind of – it's, like, not – it's something deer definitely going to eat, but it's yeah. not like it's number one on the list. It just appears to be number one on the list because I mean, we tend to not have – the other five things ahead of them,
1: and probably where things are over browsed, that's where you're more susceptible to get Japanese honeysuckle too. Yeah. So if it's there, that's you. You can probably get a glimpse of what's been happening in that area.
2: Yeah, sure. and um, and that was Matthew Marvin who asked that okay. question awesome. in,
1: in our Native Plants Healthy Panic group. So that
2: was why I picked that. Um, it has shaggy gray bark. The bark is really yeah, pretty cool. And then the nuts. I just saw someone else was making um hickory nut milk. Really? on uh, on Instagram Interesting. The other day. and I'm like oh I have to look that up later that doesn't sound the
1: most appealing to me no, but, but it's I, interesting I'll take a look and maybe people I'll try. consume almond milk why not hickory oh, yeah. nut milk yep so friend what did you pick this week uh, so I picked carolina rose or pasture rose which is Rosa um, carolina and the reason why I picked this one is it's still actually green in my garden like some of the leaves have turned yellow but with with the cold weather that we've had and I know like I for this weekend for us it's high twenty-four. It's still green, which boggles my mind. So um stems of straight needle like thorns, fragrant flowers, bloom like pink in early summer, uh found in many habitats from thickets to open woods to roadsides, gets three to six foot tall. It is an upland, uh, which means ninety-nine percent of the time it's found in in dry conditions and it attracts birds and bumblebees native from Maine to Georgia and West Oklahoma. So it could take the cold temperatures, it could take the warmer climate. Uh, very versatile rose i i love it you know and that was one of the things that my wife uh chose to remove her non-native roses to replace Mm -hmm. with this and she's she's thrilled with it so i thought that's a good
2: choice because it's another one you don't think of being a hot plant right now but a lot of people are, are anything that's still has leaves or has uh
1: the green to it is is an attractive plant now uh, even my oak leaf hydrangea which typically hold hold till december or all the mm-hmm. defoliate it yeah. you know this is the one thing that still has leaves in in my my uh property that's that's, yeah, that's a deciduous. great choice yeah so, uh, two great choices uh if you don't have either of them uh carry it make sure you have enough room <laughs> yeah, definitely <laughs> that's gonna be <laughs> a big one but uh it does produce a good make mask. sure you wear a hard hat around your yes. yard if you do have them already yes yeah, very right. true but uh try to try to add one or two of those to your property. Uh, you want to do some this or that Yeah All right so uh, I love that I don't really have to prompt in the Facebook group for people to vote because they're they're voting immediately now especially now that uh Christiane is getting the the votes up like right away mm-hmm. too. Yeah, that's I, not a that's not a knock on. Oh, that was a knock <laughs> on me. No, it I, wasn't a knock on you. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say
2: you don't have to look at the score because you knew I already won. So, well, that's, uh, wait, there is
1: a winner, <laughs> and the winner is you. Did blow me out this week? It's uh, Tom wins eleven to four. I think I got a couple pity votes because you were you were killing me. You may week. have. Yeah, and, um, I, just looking at who voted for me, I think some of them were were out of pity. Yeah. So, yeah. but that's okay. I I chose last week's article mainly for you because I knew you would enjoy it. And
2: yeah. I, I I really enjoyed that article. And I'm trying to
1: remember what my article was. So, last week. Um, of course, I don't I didn't, think update, it's right in- I didn't update it. No, <laughs> yeah. um, I'm trying to remember what yours was. I guess was. I could go look. Uh, it was a really good one. I it, do remember. No, that. yours was- yours was more relevant. I I know mine was uh, the Maryland uh, um, Maryland Denrec. Or not Denmark, American uh, uh, Maryland uh, it was the Department cookbook, of Natural the, the, the Resources doing cookbook. their wild food foods cookbook and game uh, cookbook where you could still uh, submit recipes. Oh yeah, mine
2: was I do remember this. This was uh, that farmers were fighting milkweed and oh, now they're planting, planting milkweed, milkweed, and milkweed and trying to help it.
1: So which was a fantastic article. Yeah, that deserved winning. Friend, you know
2: there was something. There was another piece of follow up. I guess it really wasn't follow up that I forgot about. Do you mind if we, no, do, no. we do this before? No, I know no, no, Alyssa no. Lewis is going to send us a note. You started the segment at this no, time, but, but you
1: but you know what? There I, there were a lot of articles that we we're going to choose too that we didn't. Yeah, I don't know if that it was, has nothing to do with articles. Okay, it's uh we got a piece of mail Re-
2: and really I've have it sitting here. It's actually addressed to you, and oh. I but I saw who sent it and I saw where it was from, and I'm like, I think we should open this up on air. Re- so I'm going to actually <laughs> hand it to you since it does. Right. I don't want to break the All law right. and uh.
1: Here. Uh, Let me see who sent
2: this. I'm assuming uh, the last name is relevant here, oh. and the first name is irrelevant in this case. And it feels heavy. Yeah, it's a big, yeah. it's a big brown USPS envelope. And inside, there's something that is rectangular and heavy. And uh,
0: uh, I'm, multi- I'm just curious why yeah. I'm
1: why I'm getting this.
2: I guess we should have saved this for a later. No, a later time.
1: Does
2: this count as a Christmas card?
1: So it's it's a copy of Nature's Best Hope uh, by Douglas Tallamy. And there is a letter inside addressed to me with the Homegrown National Park um, letterhead. (laughs) Is it a good letter or a bad letter, Frank? No. Um, uh, uh I'm just laughing because it's addressed to me at the top and then it says dear Joan and they crossed uh. out Joan and handwrote Fran <laughs> <laughs> exclamation point yeah. but it oh so um this was you know the reason why it's addressed to me is because the company made a donation yes. to yep. uh Homegrown National Park but I had done it mm-hmm. uh through through like we split up making donations oh, yeah, yeah, at the end yeah. of the year, and I just happened to make this one on my credit card, and that's why I'm getting it. So yeah. it's a it's a thank you to awesome. for the generous support, and as yeah. a thanks, a copy of Nature's Best Hope. Saying yeah. if you already have a copy, uh, pass it on to to someone willing.
2: Yeah, so, awesome. So that's awesome. all. Thank um,
1: you, Homegrown National yeah, Park. That's a yeah. really nice gift. That is a fantastic mm-hmm. gift. So I was that, wondering
2: if we got a uh Doctor Talmy had a new book coming out that he didn't tell anyone about, and he wanted us to like. Pre-read it and give him notes. That would have been that would have been something else. <laughs>
1: Here's a draft. Doesn't he have one coming out about
0: Oaks?
2: Or was that the Oaks already, one already came a, out? Yeah, but I think there is another one in the. I would assume there's another one. In the yeah. Ones. So, but um,
1: what a what a wonderful gift. Yeah,
2: we should have saved that for for grow read a book since I don't have one this week. But oh,
1: uh, and it is it is uh, engraved. He he. Uh, not engraved. He it's, engraved it, it, it
2: with yeah. a, a gis- it's Engraving is it's, hard to do on no, paper. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a
1: personalized signed copy. That's yeah, awesome. That's yeah, very wonderful. cool. Is it to Fran or is it to Joan? It's actually to Fran. Here, but look at the. <laughs> oh, i not trying. here. Look at the letter. That, you'll you'll <laughs> see why I'm laughing. It's it's pretty yeah pretty funny <laughs> <Yes>. you're
2: Joan, <laughs> and crossed out into Fran. But <laughs> yeah.
1: above that it says franchise Mar. Like, and the address and everything, but then it's I, – I just – that was a very generous gift. Oh, yeah. But,
2: yeah, Michelle and Doug, we do really appreciate this. This is very well
1: received. Oh, totally. And if, if you haven't donated to uh, Homegrown National or, Park – Or signed up and signed gotten up. yourself on the map. Did did you? I, I am on the map. I am on the map also. Oh. So I think that's very important. So uh, please make sure uh, you, you – support. this is mm-hmm. a fantastic – Fantastic tool, and it's a very important, uh, very important work that's being done. So, if you haven't signed up or donated, please do because it's it's spreading the good gospel the way it should be about native plants. So, yeah. So uh, that was supposed to be for follow up, but then I forgot, and uh, then I looked over, I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't remember to do this. So we'll, we'll do it now. I was thinking we we both chose articles, but we. There were some great articles this week because there was uh, a fantastic article mm-hmm. about Kyle Ibarger. Um, yes, yeah. I'm trying to remember what, what magazine that was, in, that was in. I think it was
2: Alabama.com.
1: Yeah. That did it. Yeah, then, the, um, a fantastic article. And then there's the article about I, I Fought the Lawn and, and the, the Lawn or lawn, 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 lawn Lost. The Lawn Lost yeah. uh, that Dr. Peter Groffman mentioned. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, one of our customers send it to me after that without yep. knowing yep. That, that we talked about it. So yeah. – and, and just – you know, I guess as follow-up, those two episodes have been some of our, like, Fastest most-
2: risers in yeah. the, for the first week. So, yeah, that's awesome that people really are, are enjoying those two. And, again, we did not—I'm embarrassed we did not know who Dr. Groffman was until, yeah. <laughs> until we
1: saw his face on our Zoom screens. But <laughs> so. uh, it's just the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yep. So, yep. all right, so you won. Would you like to go first or second? Um, I, You know what? I was going to go second. But uh, yeah, I'll go second. Okay. All right. So uh, my article for this weekend – it's not a big one. I can read the whole thing. Actually, it's – I didn't even put the whole thing in here, but uh, I've been going to the LA Times a lot recently because they've been posting a lot of native plant articles. We had the one about inclusivity and the um, California Native Plant Society. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is by Jeanette Marantos, and it's called Native Plants Are Bringing New Life to LA's Ravaged Areas. Here's how to help. It is the season for restoration, right? Restoring ties with family and friends, restoring faith in our fellow humans, restoring hope that somehow love can prevail, and restoring habitat in the fire and human ravaged areas of Southern California, which actually sounds a lot more doable than world peace. Here's the rub, however. Habitat work is pretty popular, too. The artic- this article was supposed to be about the volunteer opportunities at Rio de los, de los Angeles State Park this month um, planting native plants to restore habitat in a former rail-, former rail yard. But those volunteer slots offered through the state park's volunteer ca- calendar and restoration partner Theodore Payne Foundation have already filled up for December, as have similar restoration projects in Curavunga Sacred Springs in Sawtelle and Los Angeles State Historic Park in Chinatown. So if you're interested in rewilding, i.e. restoring native plants to prevent erosion, capture rainwater, and help native birds, insects, and other animals survive, there are many upcoming volunteer opportunities this month and beyond. You can help restore some ecological balance to our region while learning from people who work with native plants every day to rebuild our fire-scarred hills and contaminated urban areas. Rio de Los Angeles is a good example of how restoration works. This newish park sits in the middle of an industrial zone and residential area in Glassell Park, close to the eastern banks of the Los Angeles River. For 60-plus years, the site was known as Taylor Yard, one of the region's largest railroad switching yards. When it closed in 1985, community groups pushed to turn the land into a park instead of a more industrial space, said Luis Rincon, Community Engagement Coordinator for California State Parks. Partnerships were formed between state and city and Rio de Los Angeles State Park opened in 2007 with city-supervised playgrounds and athletic fields and state-managed hiking trails laced with native trees and shrubs. Volunteers helped put those plants in the ground, and more than a decade later, it's hard to realize that you're in an urban industrial area. The trails are lined with large sycamore, black walnut, and cottonwood trees. There's a scent garden filled with fragrant sages created by landscape designer Margaret Oakley Otto tall sugar bush and uh, toyon shrubs covered with berries and dried remains of summer wildflowers. When the drought dried up irrigation water on the trails, volunteers used buckets and wheelbarrows to keep new plants alive until they were established enough to go without regular water, Rincon said. There are swales to capture rainwater whenever it comes. And an increasing number of birds and other creatures who find shelter and food in natural areas, including endangered Uh, Least Bell's Vireo, a small river dwelling dwelling bird whose numbers have plummeted. But the restoration work is more than rebuilding the land and creating habitat, Rincone said. You're also restoring a piece of nature for people. To step out of their urban environments just by crossing a street, this park is a gateway. We want them to be inspired by what they see here so they go further to see places like Sequoia or Yosemite. Bottom line… Volunteers are a critical part of continuing restoration work around Southern California, largely organized by non for profit organizations. But these groups can only handle so many volunteers per project. So do your research now. Register with the groups you like. Sign up for notifications. Fill out the volunteer forms and waivers so you can jump right in when there's an event. Um, And then they go on to list a ton of volunteer opportunities. So I like that Mm -hmm. they're spreading the word that these are all the people doing great work. You can volunteer It was nice to see that the volunteer opportunities they were going to write about were already filled up. (laughs) So in the article, I think they go into the next two months' worth of volunteer opportunities and list so many different things. So it's nice to see that work is being done to create these places for people to go, that they're thriving well, that the people care about it. And there's so many people caring about it that these slots are filling up Mm -hmm. very quickly. So – and it's being done in the LA Times. which is fantastic. Like it's just, it seems like these are becoming more and more um, constant po- articles. Yeah, we or we like. joked around about it in our last episode that it would like we
2: are being really serious that yeah. when we started it was kind of hard to find some of these articles. Now some of it was we just weren't in tune with where they were being written. Yeah, but um, oh, just over the last two years, it's been like it's oh a yeah, lot. the New York Times has something in there at least monthly. Yeah, um, if not significantly more often than that and it's just now it's like different parts of the country it's just a regular component of their their publishing
1: we've seen it new york times washington post la times mm-hmm. plus all the the smaller ones throughout yeah. but it's just a little overwhelming early on we'd have a couple articles to choose from and you and i may pick the same one yeah you know right. and it's it's nice to see that that not only are these opportunities out there that people are taking uh, taking advantage of them mm. and they're filling up pretty quickly yeah so yeah definitely um I just like the message it was sending, and you know, especially with California with all the wildfires, mm-hmm. saying this is really important, and it's just sending the right message. They're being progressive about it, and and I think that's
2: wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and I'm also keeping my uh, keeping my al- or article Cali as well. And uh, but before right. uh, I do, want to talk about my article going back to the, the I fought the lawn and the lawn lost. Yes, that, that ended up getting picked up by I think CNN, and they, it was on like like mainstream really, news media uh, on and TV. It, it should be. And um, the other interesting thing is, uh, if you've heard of the Facebook page, um, the Humane Gardener. Yes. And uh, and that, it's uh, actually her sister and brother-in-law. Who really? Who are the ones who, who did it, yeah. Oh, so, that's interesting. So that's another, and uh, she spoke at the, I'm blanking on her name right now, but it's, um, she spoke at the last Native Plant
1: Society, New Jersey Native Plant Society meeting. So, but. Uh, speaking of meetings, Before I forget, because we're coming up on the first trade show that we're going to in person in Baltimore in three years, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the Mid-Atlantic Nursery Trade Show. If you're in the industry, we have our normal booth. Make sure you stop by and say, hello, we'll be there in person this year. Mm -hmm. We'll be wearing our our Native Plants Healthy Planet t-shirt. Yeah, and I guess I'd
2: even go a step further and say we talked about it. You talked about it a long time ago, how we were talking about putting together this – organization for like industry native plant growers, whether it was seed or, or plants, someone who worked at a nursery or owned a nursery. Um, not, uh, not necessarily just like the garden with native plants, but Hey, I'm you're in the industry, in the industry yep. and doing this for a living. Uh, we want to put a group together for that. And we actually did. I was talking to someone. They said, Oh, what about a Facebook group to start out? And then you'll see if there's the interest. And uh, it was actually our NJNLA and LA president, uh, Frank, um, I can't. I think it was last name, but he's gave me. He's like, yeah, just make. it. We had it for a different kind yeah. of thing. And he's like, we just started a Facebook group, and I was like, wow, there's actually a lot of interest
1: in this. And then they built an organization out of it. Yeah. Um. I can't even. I, I know you said I mentioned it, but I can't even take credit. That was Jack Pizzo. Pizzo it was Nurseries. Jack Pizzo, and then Kyle Banis, yeah.
2: yeah. uh, from Pizzo, and we we talked about it and said, yeah. hey, it would be great to have that because then you can kind of network outside of your immediate area we're all facing a lot of the same issues whether it be labor related or uh, pesticide related or uh just things that we, we all have a similar ethic yeah. it seems so like we should be able to communicate so on we it, need yeah. to have a way to communicate and even work together on some of these things so uh yeah so we started a facebook group i've invited a bunch of growers to it i think we have uh Seven or eight members now representing awesome. seed businesses and uh, and nurseries from as far away as uh, as Kentucky right now. So, wow, uh, nice. Very nice. Let's so keep it going. We, but we want to get a group of like a, a few, a hundred, two hundred people there that, hey, we're having this. And this is one of the things happening at Mance is we're trying to get a group together. Just go hang out, have a, a drink or two and maybe some snacks and um, just hang out and kind of talk shop. For So if you are in the industry... And want to be a part of this group, uh, the the group name is just Native Plant Growers, um, very original, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so if you look up Native Native Plant Growers on Facebook and then uh, request to join, I am very I'm I am the admin. Fran is also yeah, an admin. Yes. I'm the ad, I'm reviewing every person who applies, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to turn you away if you don't list that you work for a business, and uh, and I'm going to try and verify. <laughs> we one of the things we do want to do with this group is just keep it really. Limited to people who are, like I said, in the industry because we have different concerns and problems than Native Plans as a whole. Very specific concerns, and we don't want to get watered down with yeah. a lot of other
1: questions, uh, questions or things and, like, yeah. and
2: talk. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. If you're interested in joining
1: that, that's. It's Native Plant Growers Tom, on Facebook. Tom will will run that with the same Iron Fist that I used to run the Native Plants yeah. Healthy Planet Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm going to use that as an opportunity since we're so sidetracked today. <laughs> if you're a regular member of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group and you want to post something uh, of an organization that you're working with uh, that that's doing good or has an event that our, our other mm-hmm. listeners or followers may appreciate, we're okay if you post that. If you – aren't active in the group and all you do is post links to your own business or to your own blog or to your own YouTube page or to your own organization, I'm I'm deleting them. I'm, I'm sorry. I've had to delete. I went through where I deleted like five in a row because mm-hmm. it's people yeah. that you never hear from and it's like they're posting about this business and it's their business. Or yeah,
2: their, it's not meant to be promo, a promotional space. Yeah, It's meant to be uh, just a, a place to – communicate information and you, you might have something someone's really interested in and that's a great place to yeah. to share or even just share your thoughts it kind of started as an idea to say hey this is some of the stuff we talk about on the podcast and maybe people we're obviously just the two of us talking yeah. right now or maybe we have a guest and we're talking with them but there's people who want to chime in their own thoughts And, um, like, like the question we referenced earlier about deer food, that's something I said, they were able to respond to me and we were able to have a little bit of communication outside of the show, which is perfect show there. So that was kind of the idea behind it. It's not necessarily a promotional space. It's a way to advance the message of native plants and collaborate and, And even argue about some stuff a little bit in a friendly way. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, it's meant to be a community. So and I'm sure that the people that I'm talking about whose posts I erase, don't even listen to the podcast. So they're not (laughs) going to hear this. And that would make sense. But just it's just a friendly reminder. I've had to really clean, clean out some posts like over the last month as the community grows. You know, it's it it gets attention. So. Yeah. so now we're going to get to my article, and we're, we're going, going back, back <laughs> I to Cali Cali. <laughs> and, <right>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> and
2: it was in um, a web on a, a website called The Conversation, which I have not vetted to see if it's actually legit or not, but it was posted originally on Instagram by an account I like to file called Sustainable Dish, where it kind of talks about, and she's a nutritionist, and she talks about how some things have been demonized in nutrition, that it's more of a a media thing and a, a, some of you, a lot of our nutritional basis today has been picked up by here's a flashpoint that we can get people riled up so let's run with it and say oh like the Atkins diet and yeah. all carbs <laughs> are the devil. <laughs> she's like it's not it's a lot more nuanced than that and there's some things that have been just mischaracterized and she's trying to correct some of that. So she posted this um, this article and then I read it I'm like oh this kind of makes some sense and it was written by someone from NASA so uh, I guess that – I'm sure that. they're
1: pretty smart.
2: Yeah, and um, I do want to credit the authors here before uh, before I forget. It's um, Shane Co- uh, Caulfield from NASA and then James Randerson from University of California, Irvine. Okay. And the title of the article was Satellites Detect No Real Climate Benefit from 10 Years of Forest Carbon Offsets in California. And um, I'll read some of the article and then give some of my thoughts. All right. So – Many of the companies promising net zero emissions to protect the climate are relying on vast swaths of forests and what are known as carbon offsets to meet that goal. On paper, carbon offsets appear to balance out a company's carbon emissions. The company pays to protect trees, which all uh, absorb carbon dioxide from the air. The company can then claim the absorbed carbon dioxide as an offset that reduces the net impact on the climate. However, our new satellite analysis reveals that researchers have suspected for years forest offsets might not actually be doing much for the climate. The findings sent a pretty grim message about efforts to control climate change and they add to a growing list of concerns about forest offsets. Studies have already shown that projects are often overcredited at the beginning and may not last as long as expected. In this case, we're finding a bigger issue, a lack of real climate benefit over the 10 years of the program so far. Forest carbon offsets work like this. Trees capture carbon dioxide from the air and use it to build mass, effectively locking away carbon or carbon away in the wood for the lifetime of the tree. In California, landowners can receive carbon credits for keeping carbon stocks above a minimum required baseline level. Forest owners can then sell the carbon credits to private companies with the idea that they have protected trees that would otherwise been cut down. Uh, up until this point, yeah. and even after this point, uh, these measurements for that baseline have been manual. They're okay. basically sending someone out to actually physically measure the trees and estimate how much carbon it would be um, uptaking this article is kind of saying, well, we can actually study a lot of this by satellite, yeah, and um, and see which makes sense. Actual data yeah. versus approximated data. Uh, so, satellites offer a more complete record than on-ground reports uh, collected at the offset or off, at offset projects that allow us to assess all of California uh, since 1986. From this broad view, we identified three problems indicating a, a lack of climate benefit. Carbon isn't being added to these projects faster than before the projects began. Were faster than non-offset areas. Uh, two, many of the projects are owned and operated by large timber companies, which manage to meet requirements for offset credits by keeping carbon above the minimum baseline lever level. However, these lands have been heavily harvested and continue to be harvested. And then three, in some regions, projects are being put on lands with lower-value tree species that aren't at risk from logging. Uh, for example, one large timber company in the Redwood Forest of northwestern California The offset project is only 4% redwood compared to the 25% redwood on the rest of the company's property. Instead, the offset project's uh, area is overgrown with uh, tan oak, which is a tree I'm not familiar with, um, which is not marketable timber and doesn't need to be protected from logging. So one recommendation from this this survey or study is to begin using satellite data, data to monitor forests and confirm that they are indeed being managed to protect or store more carbon. For example, it could help foresters create more realistic baselines to compare offsets against. Public available satellite data is improving and can help make carbon offsetting more transparent and reliable. Uh, California can also avoid putting offset projects on lands that are already being conserved. We found several projects owned by conservation groups on the land that already had low harvest rates. Without improvements to the current system, we may be underestimating our net emissions, Contributing the profits of large emitters and landowners and distracting from the real solutions, transitioning to clean energy economy. Wow. So I
0: that's didn't a, really a know this
2: was going on, um, which is kind of why I wanted to talk about it. Yeah. And it, it makes sense. And that's how we've even talked about it with these. Uh, I, there's It's shopping season here for uh, for yes. all the holidays and. Seems like almost half the things you buy, they're saying, "Oh, we'll plant a tree if you buy these shoes, and we'll plant a tree." I can't. I bought something the other day, and it was like, "We'll plant a tree," and we, we've tried to clear up already that those aren't the people. It's not like you buy a pair of shoes and then the CEO of the shoe company is going out there and planting trees. Tree. You no, know, they're they're paying another company to do yes. it. That company is speculatively planting trees. Typically, yes, and this isn't a blanket statement, but typically this is how it works. That co- some company is planting trees, sometimes it's little tiny seedlings and who knows how many actually live. Um, it seems that that's even improved over time, that more companies are uh, that are doing the actual planting are fact- taking a little bit more accountability and yes. trying to do it the right way because I see so many other companies doing it the wrong way. Um, and that's kind of what hap- is happening here, I guess, is that you have... Uh, some Well, I'm sure there's some speculative outlets that are like, hey, we're, we have all this property and we can make money by selling the credits. Um, they even talked about how there's some landowners who are signing up for this program and then eventually will harvest the timber off the land, pay the penalty. But because of inflation, they've actually made more money. Wow. Even though they were paying a penalty because they took it out of the program yeah. too early, they've made more money. By doing both, then by selling the timber after paying, getting paid to protect it and then paying the penalty than if they just had harvested it.
1: So it's um, – I'm not surprised there's a loophole. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really not shocked. If there was – someone would – like with any program, there's always people that try to find a way to yeah. exploit it.
2: Now, the, the first thing I – well, now I've said like five other things. One mm-hmm. of the things that is important to point out here is it's only 10 years' worth of data. Yeah. So it's – you're talking about forests obviously things happen for us way, way slower than 10 years. Yeah. It's a, a very, but it can kind of give you a trend that you're going to either see continue to follow or it's going to drastically change. Um, but typically those trends will continue the way they are. Yeah. It's, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea. Hey, let's use technology. You don't have to have boots on the ground. Now you start seeing some disparities. Now you can target. I'm going to put boots on the ground here and here and here. Um, The rest of it you can kind of see from overhead. Uh, Another thing that was interesting is how much of these are overvalued to start out. Because I think friend and I can see your face. We agree (laughs) on that a lot. A lot of times we look at stuff and it's like, oh, yeah, this is going to do X, Y, and Z. And it ends up being like 10 times what it ends up actually being is the – boardroom promises that are made yes so it's um yeah there's just a lot going on in this that i did not understand or or knew was going on before
1: i appreciate the use of technology to better measure this and it's only 10 years worth of data but Mm -hmm. i'm glad now that they're they're doing it and it can be redefined you Mm -hmm. know that that gives you a way to at least say these are the problems with the current system let's fix it and move forward and, and do some better good rather than just letting it, it mm-hmm. go the way it was yeah. or, or, or getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's good intentions that I think were somewhat exploited that hopefully yeah. can be reeled back in.
2: Another conundrum that they touched on I, – I only include a few paragraphs in the article, but um, was we're talking about California. yeah, And they've been having a lot of wildfires, and so you have a program – Money has been paid out to a landowner for this program. Then you have a wildfire sweep through. It's going to take a long time to rebuild that carbon. so yeah. well, you've released a whole bunch of carbon through that fire that was previously conserved. And then um, now it's going to take a long time to rebuild it. What happens to the payments when that happens? And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here. And um, it's I think it's probably a good program yeah. in at the the heart of it. It's a progressive it's just, um, program, making sure to close up some loopholes and, and it all another thing that we talk about a lot too. And this is the whole <laughs> purpose of Southeastern grassland initiative is we really focus on forests being the, the number one thing for capturing carbon and kind of ignore salt marshes and grasslands yeah. and the ocean and all yeah. these other things. And so, Hey, plant trees, plant trees, plant trees. And maybe that's not always the, what's supposed to be there or the, the best,
1: um, place for our time and and money to go into you know i i i'm not going to say who or what but i was dealing with with a customer that has a their customer uh destroyed basically marsh Mm -hmm. for their property for the view and they have to redo it and their customer is pushing for plant material that they know won't survive Mm -hmm. so that they can get the view back (laughs) yeah but they're missing the point of what that protection does and what it's going to end up doing to their property, if they if they don't do it. But the reason why I was smiling when you were talking was I was picturing like a tree mafia, yeah. forest <laughs> mafia out in California, like <laughs> I'm gonna make an offer. You know, it's I'm just like like anything else that gets exploited. Like I'm like I wonder what that that forest mafia contingency is. Oh, out yeah. in, yeah. Out in California, because it probably does exist. I'm sure but, it uh, probably yeah, does.
2: I guess a lot of it is like a lot of these. It what is exposed. What uh, this article started to expose a little bit for me, which I guess I already knew deep down, is a lot of these climate pledges that companies make. They're not undertaking themselves. Yeah, and um, and it's just it's someone else is doing. But it happens in in our business all the time. It does. A lot of the people who are, or not so much anymore, but it used to be. A lot of the people who are doing these marsh restorations or wetland restorations were speculating and saying, "Well, I hear that they're going to build a a new road from here to here, and they're going to need to buy these these carbon credits or these credits for, um, or wetland
1: mitigation credits." And and you know this is a and, topic for and a, they'd sell them for a whole another thing. But is it really any different than mitigation banking? You know, where yeah. you're oh yeah you're buying the saying. land yeah you're it's, you're buying land you're restoring it you're selling the credits you know. If, for 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 industries or or things that are destroying wetlands mm-hmm. or destroying marshes for the sake of uh progress that's what that's why mitigation banking mm-hmm. exists you yeah. know so it's just another form of that yeah. basically which i think
2: is an important industry
1: i'm I, not it, speaking ill of yeah. it i'm just saying it is it, yeah
2: it's just it, it's you got to be conscious that it does exist and it's it's um but it's like it's important that it does exist we've because seen, if it didn't,
1: it probably wouldn't happen. No, and we've seen it, a lot or of nearly as well. It's incredible. We've yeah. seen a lot of incredible projects occur mm-hmm. because of mitigation banking. Yeah, like
0: and some, you have some a specialist incredible- who
2: really knows what they're doing instead of uh, and they're invested. Like XYZ Corp and, yeah. saying, "Oh, well, we got to we got to restore these wetlands, so yeah. let's reinvent the wheel here." No, yeah. you have someone who knows what they're doing and is going to do it the right way,
1: yeah. and then they're able to to help out.
0: And that's the, the kind of stuff I love company. to see. I, yeah. I'm
1: not speaking ill of mitigation banking. I'm just saying there's a there's a right way that these things mm-hmm. can be done, and we yeah. see it done every day in yep. in mitigation. But we've seen some incredible restoration work done, and some some great land that is now fully functional, functionable, yeah. um, because of that. So I would like to see more of that instead of these programs that are going overseas or other mm-hmm. things like that. And I would love to see. We've seen a lot of marsh uh, – mitigation banking done in marshes. I would love to see that used yeah. for some of these corporations. Now,
2: the one thing I don't know that's that's included in this um, – these carbon offsets in California that is included in like mitigation banking or in the, like the wetland restoration type stuff is uh, they mentioned – hey we have we're preserving this forest but it's nowhere near as valuable as this redwood forest yeah. um there's these aren't these trees aren't going to get cut down anyway cuz they're not a desirable logging species um but in the wetland things is they tend to scale like you'll have a, a project where oh you're destroying 1 acre of wetlands we're well, going to have to recreate 3 yeah because that's that's what's going to offset yeah the what you destroyed it sounds like something like that yeah. it, and maybe it's already included in this carbon offset program in California but it seems like something like that would kind of curb the the um, hey, we're preserving this forest as not. Well, you have some species that would be cut down if you if there were enough of them. So well, maybe it's five to one, maybe it's ten to one that you need to preserve. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. No, we've it's, seen. Uh, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm.
1: I'm def- I'm more for it than against it. For oh, sure. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's like interesting it exposing like- some of the the stuff behind it. Yeah, and I'm not saying that happens across the board. I'm just saying that typically it just seems like that program in particular left a lot of lot of areas where where someone could exploit mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You know, well, as far and, as this is explained by the conversation, yes, that
2: way, but you can find both of these articles on our Facebook group, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Um, so you can go there, you can read them, they'll also be in our show notes if you want to read yep. them there. And then, uh, when you say, Hey, who's, whose article did I enjoy more, or the presentation, of the article I enjoy more, you can go and vote for that as well. And, uh, and Fran and I will then argue about it. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the I'm trying to think – this one's going to air right before Christmas, so I don't – 23rd. The, the 23rd. So um, yeah, we should have the notes up. There, there might be some lag in some of the social media mm-hmm. posts, but Friday, the, it should be there. So make sure you go to the Facebook group and vote because – Before we do listener shout-outs, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I'm that?
2: not a big resolution
1: guy, but I have a feeling you are a resolution guy. Typically not. I'm a little more cynical. Uh, you know, I try to do the best fran that I can, which isn't really good. I don't have <laughs> high aspirations, but I I think this year I'm gonna try to to eat a little bit healthier. Mm-hmm. And I know uh Agatha just over the last couple months has switched to like vegetarian slash vegan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the research she's doing and looking into, she's been using ground mushrooms in her coffee. Yeah. And I was like, you know, these are all the things that Magic Mind is doing. Like mm-hmm. the things that she's doing, they're already incorporating. And I had her try it. She's absolutely in love with it. And and it's it's all the things that I just feel so much more even keeled throughout the day. Like I feel like I've cut back coffee. I'm adding better ingredients into my everyday routine. What else can I do? Like let's let's make a whole new better friend.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I whenever I I would drink some, it was uh just like a nice little
1: me up I just felt energized and productive it was really nice yeah I don't feel tired at the end of the day like I feel refreshed I just feel that I'm I'm doing right by myself I'm gonna try to continue to do that I'd really recommend any of our listeners to try it and actually if you do if you go to www.magicmind.co backslash native plants uh, over the holidays you can get up to 56 percent off your subscription if you use this code within the next 10 days. Uh, and our code is native plants, which is a very fitting code. So, yeah. uh, seeing
2: as our, as our podcast is about native plants, uh, <laughs> even if we don't talk about plants enough, but it's still about native plants.
1: No, but it's. I, I really think you'll love it. I, I know I love it. Tom does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agatha loves it. Let's see who else we can get yeah. uh, treating themselves better. All right. Well, let's get back to the show. Listener, listener, shout out, shout out.
2: I'll let you go first. Yeah, because I have a list here. You do. Um, I
1: just have one.
2: The first one was uh, was actually kind of going off yours, friend, and that was a uh, Butch who is on Instagram is Das Gardner, and uh, and they ha- also had us in their Spotify. Oh, really? rap Number one. Oh, that's and, fantastic. and I forget how many minutes they listened to, but it was like it was a lot. It wow. was a lot of minutes. It was like as many minutes I missed as many minutes I listened to on Spotify. They listened to our show. Really?
1: And uh, yeah. But, wow. And then that's a, um that's impressive. I also had I, oh. I, we were you know on on my on my personal Facebook page someone was commenting someone I had went to high school with was commenting about report cards like how many report cards did you get the comment talks too much and I'm like everyone from kindergarten to to high school you know and I'm like I'm sure at this point someone would be willing to pay me to shut up, so and there you go. Someone's someone's actually listening to that much of us by choice. By choice, that's what's crazy. That's impressive.
2: Let me. I, I've pulled up here. They listened to ten thousand and seventy nine minutes. of, of Native plants, healthy planet.
1: So they must have binged the whole thing. In, that's my guess. In a, yeah, in a year because each well each episode is probably sixty to ninety. Sixty to ninety minutes, and, and then, there's uh, one hundred thirty five, one hundred thirty six episodes. Yeah. So what's that? One thirty six times. We'll say, say 75.
2: 75. Yeah. Oh, not seven. That would be 10,200 minutes. All right. So, they- so maybe they listen to episodes multiple times, too. That's always possible. Yeah. They could have. Here's what happened, friend. They fell asleep.
0: (laughs) And then (laughs) realized,
2: hey, you know what? I missed (laughs) missed the last episode, episode, so I got to go back to minute 15 and listen again. That that, that
1: sounds sounds more like it. But you need to write to me and tell me how you actually listen to that (laughs) much of us. Just just because it's relevant. My my listener shout out was on Twitter who was Brad the Dad who tweeted that we were his number one listened to podcast on his Spotify rap, and he listened to us for one thousand seven hundred sixty seven. Brad, you gotta pick it up, man. <laughs> Ten thousand. Wow. Wow. But didn't didn't
2: Brad the Dad also say keep the keep the dad jokes coming?
1: Yeah, yeah it's, and I responded with a dad joke. Yeah. So I had a good one friend. I was like I got I told it to my wife last night and I'm like I got to remember this one I, for tomorrow. I, I said that you and I were going to start a third podcast uh, all about che- where we discuss all about cheese and it's going to be called K.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one too. Uh,
1: you know, I made me think of I I would I would wait and save it for the secret at the end, but I see that you have one. I have but, uh, yeah, I have multiple secrets. But stuff. my parents were okay with me getting the comment on the report card that yeah. talks too much. My oldest sister who's 12 years older than me on her kindergarten report card, the teacher comment was she kicks screams and plans revenge. <laughs> that was in kindergarten, so all right. He just talks too much. That's okay. Yeah, that's we can not deal
0: too with that. So, <laughs> so
2: all right. I had all a right. note written home to my parents cuz I um I don't remember what our – it was in art class. I don't remember what our thing was, but it had inv- involved food dye, mm-hmm. and I actually drank. So <laughs> like I drank some of the dye, and um, and um I went to the doctor, and they said I would be fine. But a part of me died that day.
1: Uh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I realized – that as for, you were getting to it, I Oops. was like, Here it comes. Uh,
2: <laughs> that was uh, that was for Brad. So all right. I'll, you have you I'll have more
1: listener shoutouts.
2: So we oh. did have a review as well, five star review. Yes. Uh from MZ Mayfield One and they said we were informative and entertaining. Hopefully this was it's entertaining. Both. And, and both? um then the other two were actually at that state Senate hearing oh, okay. I went to, and it was uh Laura Bush from the Native Plant Society. And um did I give her a shout out
0: last you week? Did. Okay, you did. Okay, well I'm giving you one. Again cause, wow, two in testified a row. As
2: well. And then, uh, and then uh, there's another woman, Tara, and I don't remember her last name, even though I asked specifically for this. But, uh, but she was there as well. And awesome, she was said she was a listener, so that's awesome. Doing great
1: work. Thank you, thank you. That's a lot of great listener shout outs. And remember, if you give a five star review uh, on Apple and you leave a comment, Tom will give you a personal shout out. So. Just like Ms. Mayfield won. All right. We have no questions this episode. I'm just looking at the time. I'm like we haven't even gotten to the topic yet. We've gone for almost an hour. Um, We have no questions, and uh, you don't have a Grow Read a Book, but we do have a topic, and we wanted to go over our top ten episodes of all time, not just for the year. But what we find is pretty much this is the first time now that we're getting close to Mm -hmm. three years. Like every year, the top ten episodes of all time – come from that same year this year one managed to hang on from last year there's one that's the very end of the year but it kind of crossed over so uh we almost had a hundred percent turnover 90 percent turnover again so uh you want to start at number 10 and work our way down yeah let's do it all right uh so number 10 uh which what let's see Episode this is one. Our, the most recent episode on the list. Yeah, so it was, and it and it's 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 gaining ground. So it's episode one twelve, which aired on July first of twenty twenty two. It is a rooted discussions, and it was why our listeners love native plants, which was a part two of meet our listeners, uh, and it contained Alyssa Lewis, uh, Deborah Rosenthal, and Skip Burns, who it was his second appearance on the podcast. So it was nice to talk to. Some old listeners, some new listeners uh, doing a multitude of different things uh, in the native plant realm um, and why they love native plants and to see the work that they're doing on their own properties or the volunteer work that they're doing and and just spreading the good word. So uh, these are all people that are very active in the uh, Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group and we talk to quite often. So uh, outside of of native plants. So it's just – it was nice to get to spend time with. With these people and, and have their stories told to a much larger audience. Yeah, and then uh, number nine was a buzz episode uh, that was rediscovering, rediscovering
2: our connections with nature. And that was episode 107 that aired on May 27th of this year. Brain,
1: do you remember what we talked
2: about? I, I
1: don't. I, yeah.
2: I, do you at all? I, I honestly don't, too. And I didn't look it up. And I look up okay. the show notes, but the show notes aren't really going to tell me much.
1: Um, no, I'm going to look up the show notes real fast just to see yeah. if, if it says anything. I will say saying. that
2: coming up with the titles for our Buzz episodes can be really difficult sometimes, unless there's some one thing that really stands out. You've been on a it's, roll.
1: Like, I think I did a lot of the early ones, and you've been – like, I I, I had to have a placeholder in there, and you've been on a roll the last couple months.
2: And um, usually there's something – we try and make it something that we talk about. But a lot of times we finish, and we're like, what did we just talk about for the last Uh, 90 minutes?
1: All right. So let's see. Uh, That's hot. This or that. We follow up on a few topics before listener shout-outs take it or leave it. This episode's questions leave us wondering about just how much Tom and Fran know – Fran and Tom discuss ways to get your children involved with nature. Okay, and we kind of posed that question to our listeners, and there was a lot of That's feedback right. on that one. Yeah. On the on the actually, that was a a huge conversation on the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. Yeah, so it makes that makes really was. That I one.
2: get, yeah, I do remember that now because that was right after the Children in Nature Network. Yes, is that what it was. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, I remember that, and I think my grow read a book was was probably raising outdoor kids in an inside world
1: because we had another one around another buzz saying Mm -hmm. getting your children outside so we did two it was such a hot topic at that point that
2: yeah yeah getting your children
1: outside was kind
2: of the feedback we
1: got on i remember all this now yeah so yeah uh cool number eight uh was meet the insect crisis with oliver millman and we were very excited when we were approached about uh getting to have oliver on on the uh, podcast, and we we were really limited on time. He had to cancel once; his schedule was so jam packed. Uh, being a writer for the Guardian as well, but uh, we we got maybe just barely an hour with him, and the feedback was so one. It's amazing how many of our listeners bought that book and talk about that book. But it was episode one hundred four, and it first aired on May sixth of twenty twenty two.
2: Yeah, and that was one of my favorites that we yeah. had. Um, And I love that book. It was just the book was really good, and talking to him was really good as not a plant person, not an insect person even, just someone who's exposed through their job and wanted to write a book and said, well, I wanted to write about this, but this is really what I need to write about. So uh, next on the list was our 100th episode. Uh, You guys probably all remember it. That was back in April, uh, early April of this year, and that was meeting the Alda Leopold Foundation with Dr. Stan Temple,
1: I talk about wow. that episode yeah. more than probably <laughs> yeah. any other episode because he told so many wonderful stories. We've incorporated those stories into our mm-hmm. uh, public speaking, um, and it, it was it was very impactful to both Tom and, and myself, and it was nice to see that it was the same way to many of our listeners. Definitely. I know Rick McCoy loved that episode, mm-hmm. um, and it was just – it put a lot of things into perspective, and it I, sure I think about that episode a lot actually. I
2: do There's so many times I reference – Something he told us in that episode at a talk or just in regular conversation. So that was a really nice one.
1: Yeah. Um. The the number six on the list, which was episode 92 that aired in February 11th, 2022, was Meet Bees and Trees with Cass Urban Mead. Um, Cass is our contact for the Xerces Society, and she had just started and was introduced to us um, literally probably a week before then, and we had someone cancel – And we knew about her uh, graduate studies, and she agreed last minute to come on, and it was our first time really talking with Cass. And what an informative episode. It it really made us think in a way we typically don't think, um, and she was a fantastic guest. And we're just thrilled that we get to deal with Cass on a Mm -hmm. weekly basis basically.
2: Yeah. No, she's uh, just fun to talk to. It was – eye-opening on that episode and how much fun she was to talk to and then we get to do it all the time so that's yeah, great which is awesome so, uh number five was another buzz episode friend are you can look up the show notes
1: for me <laughs> i am
2: <laughs> and, so uh and that was uh how does your garden grow which is episode 105 and that was also in uh on may 13th of 2020
1: uh let's see you shared a classic book and grow read a book um and we shared what was happening in our home garden uh home gardens yeah. and we gave away a yeti Yep. On that one. Yeah, so. that's right.
2: I remember talking about – because it was just as spring is starting to open up, and it's like what we had planned and what we had growing and yeah. seeing the penstemon start to bloom and, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly. So it was it was kind of nice to talk about what we had going on and just make it relatable. We're going through this process just like everyone else. We're experiencing it on our own properties, and it's nice just to talk about it and let everyone know you don't have to be perfect, and, and you don't have to be an expert to do this yeah. because we're, we're having the same struggles and same successes that every – All of our listeners are having. Um, Number four, uh, which was a return guest, episode 102, which aired on April 22nd of 2022, Kyle Liebarger with Meet the Native Habitat podcast. Uh, Kyle launched uh, his own podcast, and this was our way of getting our listeners uh, familiar with it. So I think he was only a few episodes in at this point uh oh we yeah had the him I, on, they might was, not I mean, even launched it yet yeah
2: it was right in the beginning i heard that they were doing it and said hey why don't you come on here and
1: and it, again it was another last minute episode mm-hmm. and uh and kyle is always a a very popular guest so and, and it's always great to hear the the work he's doing and get to talk to him
2: yeah then we had uh another one of our real favorite episodes too yeah. and uh, it's amazing how many of these episodes that we consider our favorites were within the last year. Yeah, And this was uh, Meet Lawns Into Meadows, the book Lawns in the Meadows by Owen Wormser. That was episode 86, and that was just before the new year. It was yeah. literally uh, 51 weeks ago. Yeah. It was uh, 1230 of 2021.
1: Now, I will say this. This this episode is only a couple listens away from from being number two. It's, it's going to overtake number two mm-hmm. very shortly, but it, it very popular episode. Yeah, which number two is also
2: – has been up there for a long time. This it, is the oldest episode on the, on the list.
1: Yeah, but number – before I forget, Owen Wormser, like that one, I think what I liked about that episode was learning about Owen's childhood and growing yep. up off the grid and how he took those lessons with him and shared them in the book. And a lot of people wanted to know more about how mm-hmm. to convert your lawn into – to Meadows or why, and it wasn't a very preachy book at all. It was yeah. a very yeah. factual, step by step. One of the things for me that stuck
2: out about that episode too is we're we're in Central New Jersey, and most of the contacts we have, they're in this business that that do this yeah. kind of work, are in Central New Jersey. So even though he's only in Massachusetts, yeah. Massachusetts, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, it's just nice to find out about people who are doing very similar things or have very similar. Uh, ideas for what they want landscapes to look like in other parts of the country even though it's still the northeast Um, it's just
1: outside of our normal radius and the research he put into you know a lot of the stats we give about oil spillage or Mm -hmm. gas spillage from home uh uh lawn maintenance what a lot was from his book
2: yeah oh yeah So. so and then number two was uh our rooted discussion. This was number one for the longest time, it and it got really knocked was. down a peg. <laughs> this just, was our uh, just... this
1: was our number one last year, yep. and like I said, meet lawns into meadows is just about to overtake that. It's it's about to get knocked down the three. So that
2: episode was titled "Gardening with Native Plants." It was with Rick McCoy, John McGee from uh, the Native uh, Plant Podcast, and then and- Becky Leboy. And um, that was episode 46. So this is going wow. back a long time frame, yeah. almost 100 episodes. And that was from May 26th of 2021. And wow. uh, that was just – it was a really good episode. We talk about soil way more than I was expecting to when we're talking about gardening. No, we're talking
1: about the soil and how important soil is. It was very relatable. There were a lot of good stories uh, that were shared in that one. And and it's not that it was so far ahead that other ones are catching up. It's still getting listens oh, yeah. every day. I look I'm like, wow, that's amazing – how often this episode gets listened to?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, fantastic guests, great conversations, uh, a lot of good information passed along. So, um, so the number one episode, I guess, should yeah, we do? Do a drum you have roll? a drum
2: roll in there, Frank? You can hit it.
1: Otherwise,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you want to? You can say, "Go ahead." <laughs> no, you got it. I did the last two. All right. Uh, the The last one is "Meet Native Plants in Small Spaces" by Joan Brandwine. It was episode number ninety eight, and it aired on. Um, March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, and again, another, this was a listener of ours that reached out to us to tell us about the work they were doing, and we literally had her on the podcast the very next day, and it aired the day after that. Um, she she was doing something that answered the questions of so many of our listeners: is I have this kind of yard, I don't know where to start. What can I do to make a difference? And she addressed all of that very quickly. Mm-hmm. And this skyrocketed to the top. It's so far in the lead, like, no one's close to catching this one. Yeah. And I don't know if any – I'd be very surprised if it's not in the number one spot next year.
2: Yeah, that was just an enlightening episode. And uh, one of my takeaways from this whole list, frame is we were really on a roll from, uh, like, end of March to end of May. Yes. That was <laughs> – like that, if you want to hear us at our best, that's what you <laughs> need. To, you need to go back to episode 98
1: through probably like 100 and, and – well that'd be 110 yeah. isn't it amazing though how yeah. many now i will say this because they're a little bit older there are episodes that are you know like number 11 to 16 mm-hmm. 17 are more recent episodes yeah. that just haven't had the time mm-hmm. to to get the listens that i'm sure they'll be on the list next year but um it's a uh, it, it's interesting to look back at this how every year those most popular episodes come from that year Mm-hmm. You know, and it's yeah. – which, I you know, every time a, a listener says, oh, I discovered you guys and I'm going back to the beginning, I cringe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you for at yeah. least listening now to see what it's become before you mm-hmm. go back to the beginning and go through that whole evolution. Yeah, yeah. So – because that yeah, was quite a process.
2: We've definitely become more knowledgeable. Not mm-hmm. to say we know a lot, but we've no. definitely become more knowledgeable. I think it was – we're starting with a very blank slate. Yes. Um and then I'm joking a little bit because it's it is no I feel one, that one way though. It's kind of interesting is for how much more we know now than we did then. We were still fairly educated yeah. in this field up to that point. If we were in a room of a hundred people, we and you asked a question about native plants, we were probably in like definitely the top ten, if not the top five, or even just the only people in that room that would be able to to have a background in that yes um it's once you get outside of our bubble it's amazing how many i was at a christmas party the other day like these people don't know anything about native plants here and i'm not gonna try and dominate the conversation and and talk about all that Um, no but
1: then you go to a a conference in the industry and and i feel like i'm like like, oh my god i'm not on the level (laughs) of any of these people here you know i'm just thankful to be in the same room yeah like I, I kinda feel like imposter syndrome. Like I don't really belong here with, with these people. They exactly. really know what they're talking about. But but yeah, uh, it's, uh
2: and it's just I think we've also we've just got we've invested in better equipment, which helps us. But we just our format's really gotten dialed in a little bit more. We still want it to be not not amateur, but we want it to be fun. Fun. And we wanna embrace our mistakes and uh and I think that's part keep of it, the charm. We really want to keep it real. We really don't edit much. Um, we we yeah. don't really edit at all. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah I've, there was one time I said something really dumb, and uh, I was like, "Fran, I, th- I I I wasn't even that was that dumb. It was just completely wrong. And I, at the time, I thought it was right. I'm like, I'm gonna look this up just to double check. I'm like, oh no, that was really wrong. And I um, said, "Hey, Fran, can you take that out?" And you begrudgingly did. But uh, well, that was that was two years
1: ago too. I, I think other than guest requests.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and even then, like, it's only been once or twice. Once or twice. I think you asked it's, to have that taken out. I made a joke that yeah. I decided I should really take out, and then we had a listener mention something about something that I had said. Yeah. And even though you know, I didn't want anyone to get the wrong idea, and, mm-hmm. and I edited it out. So only maybe like 100 people heard the, yep. the unedited version, yeah. and then no one else commented, but I still took it out just to be safe. Yep. yep. I never want anyone to walk away questioning yeah. anything so but it's i think
2: it's definitely this is, i do i while i don't do resolutions i do end of year reflections so this yeah. is kind of reflecting back and it's like i was asked to do to moderate you were asked to moderate something yeah. too but yeah. i felt i was asked to moderate a session at a conference and i was like oh yeah this would be cool and but i felt way more prepared on how to do that and when when you'd ask a question and you didn't quite get the answer that you wanted like how to massage it and make it fun mm-hmm. and and entertaining and then get more kind of fill in those yeah. voids a little bit i've gotten a lot better at that because of this and i otherwise wouldn't have had we not been doing I, this podcast
1: i agree i definitely used to during public speaking engagements uh, get a lot more nervous and mm-hmm. feel unsure i i don't really get that actually the the moderation that i did was the first uh, session of the conference mm-hmm. the two-day conference and when I sat down, the person who I was sitting next to when I was done who we just met before the yeah. talk, they didn't know me. They're like, oh, you should just host this whole event. Yeah. <laughs> like that was really good. Like I don't know that yeah. – and I was like I'm just comfortable with it at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's so, just – I think for both
2: of us, it's it just made a lot more comfortable doing public speaking and admitting that when we don't know things yeah. is a big thing. And I think I've gotten a lot better at that too. It's like you when you're in this when you're working at an industry, you're expected to know so much more than you actually do. And it's like it's so easy to just kind of like BS your way through it when someone asks you a question, and like and hope they people are, know they, that they don't know. They, they sense that, <laughs> yeah. that they
1: they appreciate the honesty. I but, think we're we're both very good at being yeah. honest about what we don't know. Yeah. So. so that makes it easy. So I think it's it was a fantastic year. Uh, it's nice going by our our top ten. I I enjoy this every year when we do it. This oh, yeah. has been a tradition. So uh, if you haven't listened to to all of these episodes or some of these episodes, go back and listen to them. You'll understand why they're some of our more popular ones. They continue to to uh, get listens every year. Every One
2: day. of the things that we did last year, Fran, I think we actually did in the next episode. Uh, a year ago, we did in Following Buzz where we actually listed some of our favorites. And if we were to recommend people to go back. You want to do that in the next I Buzz? think so because um, I'm looking at it and, like, even though I loved a lot of these episodes, I wouldn't put them as, like, my favorites that we've done. All
0: right. I
2: I like, they're obviously very close. We, I like uh, a lot of our episodes. Uh, but, you know um, what? The, the, there's some that I'm, like, I would call, I guess I would consider them underrated. I'm, like, this is one I really liked and I'm surprised it's not in our... Top 10.
1: Yeah, you know, I know the Aldo Leopold one. And then, kind of, like just like what we there, would recommend
2: people listen to if they're if this is the first episode they're listening to, or I guess like I'll be the next buzz is the
1: first one. Our, this is what we think you should listen to for the best of us. Like I, I don't want to give a spoiler. I was yeah. going to say what one of my favorites is, but uh, we're going to wait it, till the next uh, buzz. No free content. All right, no free content. You got to wait for the next one. <laughs> All right, so um, you have a really fun take or to leaf it, and it's well, very timely. And and you actually mentioned it on yeah. the last buzz, oh, and that's I remember. I think yeah. it's so good. Yeah. No, this was yours, and. And I yeah. said, you know what? Let's save it for. I don't know That's if you right. said it on air, but we said, hey, let's save it for the next, um, the next buzz. So yeah. we were so. Christmas trees were right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Real Christmas tree, fake Christmas tree, and one step further, should it be a native
2: Christmas tree to your area? Yeah. So this is where it's a. Uh, I'm I'm keeping it real here. Yeah. I have always been a real. Christmas tree person. That being said, the last two years, three years, we've had a fake Christmas tree. Re- really? And it's all. You, and my wife is also a real Christmas tree person. She's also allergic to the mold that okay. comes with Christmas trees. I, Very allergic. I want to say this.
1: Tom. Yeah. Tom owns a Christmas tree farm.
2: Uh, that's not. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, there's a farm there's, that sells there's a christmas
2: tree farm, farm on, on on a on property a you own, own. <laughs> all
1: right that's fair
2: <laughs> <laughs> i did spend a couple of years selling christmas trees and it's kind of it's a lot of fun because um you have it's something that brings joy to people yeah everyone is in such a good mood except for the dads and that is a very vulnerable position for them to be in because they will literally pay anything so they can go <laughs> home and watch some football
0: it's, <laughs>
1: There's no way they're leaving there without a tree. Yeah. Um, it's, I, uh, it's kind of funny. I enjoy yeah. Christmas tree shopping. Um, just for background, growing up as a kid, we had a fake tree mm-hmm. for as long as I lived at home. And the moment I moved out, I have had a real Christmas tree every yeah. year since then. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah,
2: it's something I'm – It's we. my wife and I have talked about it. As our son gets older, I think it's an important part of the Christmas tree or Christmas tradition. But in the meantime, since the last couple of years before he was born, and then, like, I'm not going to make my wife when she's pregnant go through ha- and then also have terrible allergies while she's also having morning sickness. Not going to happen. No, that's tough. Um, that's and tough. then while he's at an age where it's not, he's not going to appreciate it as much. Uh, it's like, well, why, why also put her through that? Yeah. That, uh, oh. like, just. In, well, what's what's the word I'm looking for? She does not feel well for a yeah. couple of days right after we get it, just because it's like it really drives her nuts. Yeah, and it's important to know, it's the, the mold that's on the Christmas trees. This is when people are allergic to stuff. There's very few people who are actually allergic to Christmas trees. They're really allergic to the mold that's on the Christmas tree. Yeah. Um. But uh.
1: So but yeah, it's something the, I think we're gonna do at some point. How it's, sustainable are real Christmas trees? like which is which is doing more damage to the environment cutting real yeah. growing real trees and cutting them or producing fake christmas trees but you're you're purchasing and keeping for multiple years
2: yeah and that's where it's an interesting dilemma because you have a lot of fossil fuels that go into actual production and then initial transport packaging of those transport yeah of the fake christmas trees you also have some that goes into the real christmas trees but not it's not made out of plastic so you don't have oil by, well, byproduct, yeah. byproduct going into it um but you're shipping more with um with the real ones like have, there's everyone's driving to the christmas tree farm and everyone's driving home every single year um have, have you
1: ever purchased a and burlap Christmas tree?
2: No, my dad said he had one when they were a kid, and then they'd plant, them. plant it. He sold a couple Christmas trees that way. That's great if you have um, a place to plant it. Yeah, and then I saw in the UK they do potted ones, and then you're actually renting them, oh. which I would not want to be in that business, because no. I know people don't water the Christmas trees. Yes. So you're getting back uh, something that's not... No,
1: my... not Yeah, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not taking care of. be taken care of. Now, my favorite christmas tree is a Fraser fir which is not native to this area at all so i'm i'm taking a tree that's not native to here having Mm -hmm. it grown just to be cut for my enjoyment for 30 days i don't know how how right that is
2: yeah it's um no it's interesting and i i used to be in the christmas tree growers association i used to be a member of that too and um and it's I guess one of the things this is probably the deciding factor yeah. for me is you're supporting an agricultural uh venture. Typically it's gonna be a small business, um, family owned, like like I know when we ran it, you you're part of everyone's like Christmas tradition. Yeah. And you had the same people coming back year after year after year. I get messages on our our Facebook account for that farm, like saying, Hey, are you open for Christmas trees this year? And I'm like, No, it'll be, it'll be next year probably. But um, it's like people they have a specific spot they want to go, and they bring the family, and sometimes they bring the dogs, sometimes they bring a flask. Um. <laughs>
1: that's that's my kind of my kind of tradition. Uh, I like
2: that. that was uh, there was one family in particular who would bring um they'd bring a bottle of wine and drink that while they were walking around, and then they'd have a flask too that they were drinking out of, and then when they got back and tied the Christmas tree on the tr- on the truck, yeah, they would do a shot. Okay. Right before they drove home. Wow. And actually, they'd go to the winery across the street. <laughs> <laughs> they might have had a problem.
1: <laughs> but, yeah. I'm thinking, it might, yeah, they let us have the shopping. It might a long not time. be a bad idea, was, like, once you yeah. find the Christmas tree that speaks to you, mm-hmm. to do a toast to the Christmas tree yeah. as a sacrifice for mm-hmm. for coming into your, your house. Maybe that's yeah. not a bad but idea. But you think
2: about what we were talking about earlier with yeah. the uh, carbon offsets, this is something that's physically offsetting carbon. It's yeah. in the ground for five to ten years, uh, sometimes even more, depending on how fast they sell. Um, So it's doing that purpose, and then a lot of times you can even repurpose them once they're out of your house. They'll use them in dune restorations. I know American Little Society doesn't call for trees every year. I will take your Christmas trees. And and they'll use them for different things. You can use them, put them in the water for, like, reef stabilization type stuff or fish habitat.
1: Um, Yeah, I definitely lean real for sure. Would you put a 10-gallon eastern red cedar in your I and probably would not put an eastern <laughs> red cedar, but I was thinking but like that's something native to here that you could yeah, you could turn you could around a plant. I, I would l- love to try
2: it just for the weirdness of it, but like a pitch pine or a Virginia pine, even though they don't like look like Christmas trees. But I will People say this, white pines, the but. the
1: pitch pine at at a, your farm mm-hmm. could be Christmas trees. Yeah. They don't harvest well, but if you're growing them in a pot, yeah. they don't tend to like being grown in a pot. But if you could get a mm-hmm. nice It'd probably have to be like a 15-gallon tree yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: to get, you know, but to turn around and plant that or mm-hmm. donate it to someone that could yeah. plant it.
2: And then you go to the West Coast and you have Douglas fir and even um, yeah. there some of the, like, Canon firs. There's a lot of yeah. plants that are native to the U.S. Yeah. that are used as Christmas trees. Um, Scotch pine I've yeah. seen used, like that kind of so, stuff. So, yeah, it's, but they're not the – ones that everyone well it depends on where you are like yeah. if you're in North Carolina and you want a Fraser fir well you can yeah there you is can a have native that. plant there yeah that's fine. it's just not quite native here so
1: yeah it's uh so a, a, what's are you taking it or leaving I'm, it? oh I'm taking it I yeah, definitely okay.
2: take real Christmas tree all right um, native Christmas tree it depends on where you are I think okay. all right I think it
1: depends too uh, well, our yeah, our I'm, options are limited I definitely
2: here. lean real there's there's like all agriculture there's some issues that happen there too that. You're keeping stuff alive that's not supposed to be grown that way like, in a lot of cases. Like, would you do a hemlock
1: yeah. in your house? I know it's not really native here, but would you do a, a hemlock?
2: I've never seen a hemlock as a Christmas. Either
1: have I? That's why I don't know how feasible yeah. it is. Huh. That's an interesting. Maybe one. it doesn't like to be a cut tree, but I'm maybe in a to... container it would. work. I could work. use this for my secret. What did I write down for my secret? Well, better? save it for your secret because I'm looking at the yeah. time, and we gotta. We, we yeah, should we probably wrap, wrap it up, up because
2: you have an appointment. Yeah. Um, what did I put for my secret, friend? It's
1: definitely. Oh, yeah. No, this is a better one for my secret than what I have. Awesome. Awesome.
2: All right. Let's wrap it up then. All right. So, that is. Did we have anything else? No, that's it. No, that's it. So, yeah, that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed listening to The Buzz. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Native Plants, Healthy Planet, presented by Magic Mind and Pineland's Nursery.
1: Uh, Speaking of thank yous, thank you, RJ Comer, for our Buzz theme music, which is called Nightly Suicide. Make sure you stream or buy RJ's music uh, wherever you uh, consume your music, or uh, definitely go over to Pandora and check out his Americana playlist. Uh, You'll be happy that you did. Follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pineland's Nursery NJ, Instagram at native plants underscore healthy planet and also youtube at pinelands nursery don't forget about the question and comment line you can call us at 215-346-6189 i will repeat that 215-346-6189 ask a question or leave a comment we're going to play it on a future episode of the buzz and answer it to the best of our ability and thank you to all the wonderful participants of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. I love popping in and seeing all the wonderful conversations going on over there. Yeah. So you can buy
2: Native Plants Healthy Planet merch at our website www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. I've bought four long sleeve shirts. Have you really? Yeah. I've need to get I need to get mine for the trade show.
1: I, I keep forgetting about I, it. I got one and I will say this on the long sleeve shirts and the ones where the writing are on the back. Yeah. Those shirts do tend to shrink a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I would go Maybe a little large. If you're in between, go a little large. Like I actually went larger and threw them in the dryer for a little bit to get a little bit of shrinkage.
2: Yeah. It's the – with the shirts, some of them – there's two different – there's like the classic T-shirt and then there's the premium T-shirt. This is on our end that you're deciding from. And the classic T-shirt is the one that shrinks. Shrinks, yeah. It's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. The premium T-shirt – is one where the prices, we had to raise the prices yeah. on those a little bit so we could still that's a have That's to shirt. give away. That's a but it is a shirt. lot nicer shirt yeah. at the same time. So. I will
1: say this. Now that I'm a proud owner of a Blackstone Grill, mm-hmm. I might be getting the apron.
0: Oh, yeah, I think I'm good getting one. the apron
1: because yeah. I don't want to uh, splatter my clothing. Yeah. So I think that may be a fantastic that's purchase a, That's for a me.
2: good idea. I'll have to raise the price on that for you before you now, buy it. <laughs> now, Agatha
1: did offer to let me wear her aprons besides the fact that she's like a foot shorter than me. Yeah. They're a little girly. Yeah. <laughs> they got like frills yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Ne- that's, that's, need, that's, need something a little funny. more my. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but um, so you can, and we had all those new designs. We talked about them yes. a bunch. There's a lot of cool stuff up there. Um, you can also listen to Native Plants Healthy Planet at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. but you're probably going to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, really wherever you consume your podcasts. When you're there, if at all possible, leave a five-star review It goes a long, long way to promoting the native plant message and having other people hear about us. And uh, if you do a little write-up with that five-star review, I'm going to give you a shout-out on our next Buzz episode. Awesome.
1: Awesome. All right. you got a secret. Yeah. What is it? So
2: I originally was going to talk – this is a really – Dumb secret in my mind, but uh my son built his first gingerbread house, and oh. I've been slowly picking away at the candy <laughs> on there.
0: <laughs>
1: but it, when we're talking about it's Christmas slowing, trees, slowly going down in resale value. Yeah. Um, when we're talking about Christmas trees, I
2: remembered when I was in college. Did I use this last year? I don't think maybe? so. Um, when I was in college, I think it was my yeah it was my senior year. We were living in this rundown house that was built in eighteen twenty. It was a duplex, and it was not good, nice at all. And we uh, we had our we wanted to get a Christmas tree, and um, I had friends of mine that I I, mean, I wouldn't say they were that close of friends. They're just people I hung out with years before. They'd cut one down from the bank across the street from their <laughs> house. We weren't going to do that, so we went up to um, to our property for a little further north than there. And found one like in a little in the woods, and it was perfect, cut it down, brought it back, put it in the tree stand and uh and then we <laughs> decorated it with with um uh beer cans, shotgun shells <laughs> and- <laughs> And I think we there's like is there on the Miller High Life box is there like a picture of like a girl sitting on a moon or something like that oh, or whatever is that, it was have... it was some some beer oh, box yeah, that okay. had like a like a picture of a girl like an old-timey girl so we cut that out and that was the angel on top <laughs> of the
1: tree it wasn't and, a St. Paulie girl uh, no
2: no I don't remember exactly what it was I have a picture of it somewhere oh. on my phone or on my Facebook
1: from years and years ago but um yeah that was our our Ingenuity that we came up with speaking of college it's not uh, a secret of mine but it's actually a story that Saul told me when he was in college it was his he had an apartment I think for three years Mm -hmm. and his sophomore year the house across the street put out a sofa for for trash at the end of the day or at at trash Mm -hmm. day well in the middle of the night they went and got that sofa because they're like oh this is better than anything we have in our apartment yeah Well, when they moved out in their senior year in the middle of the night, they put the sofa back on the person's lawn in the middle of the night. (laughs) So they woke up the next day and go, what? I threw this out three years ago. How did this come back? So I just thought that was pretty pretty funny. So that's a great secret. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone. I'm Tom. And I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone. Coming up, we have a guest uh, next week. So make sure you tune in to see who it is. And until then, keep it native.